Hi guys, welcome to episode 21 from Two in the Tackle. This episode we talk to you about the matches in focus. We go over last week's games, Panthers and the Rabbitohs, uh, Eels and the Raiders. And then we go over this week's games, which will be Storm and the Roosters and the Seagulls versus the Knights. Um, obviously, footy chats end up happening throughout the throughout the rest of the podcast there as well. Just want to warn you guys, a few technical difficulties. Uh, I made a mistake through the recording, so it's not the best recording. It, you struggle to hear Zach. If you do turn it up, you can actually hear Zach quite quite easily, but then I'm screaming in your face. So I do apologize about that. Um, yeah, if you don't get through it, I completely understand. But anyway, I won't be doing that again. I'll make sure that that won't happen again. But anyway, I hope you guys enjoy the show. If you can, roll the intro. Kazzy, 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 how are you, mate? Yeah, good, bro. How are you? Yeah, bloody fantastic. Couldn't ask for a better weekend, to be honest. You know, hey, South get an ass feeding on, on the it Thursday night. Weekend, but there was some sourness, sourness about a two and heartbreak. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bittersweet victory, but, you know, wins a win. Yeah, um, exactly right, exactly right. It's just, it was impressive um, to just, like, I was surprised when I saw... Oh, okay. Joey Morris Yeah, well, we'll we'll get to the Roosters, like like we say every episode, we could talk about the Roosters for hours and hours, you know, if we're lucky we might be able to get enough content to have a bonus episode, you know, I had a friend of mine ask if we were going to spend 80 minutes talking about the 80 minutes performance from the two bookends, you know, two front rows, but you know, that's for another time, another day, Uh, we do do have to get on track today. Yep, yep. On just big fellas in general. General, yes, yes. Across the NRL. There was a, there was a few big boppers getting over the try line on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, who, who, who? There were, there were six tries scored by front rowers on the weekend, Wiki. Yeah, run me through them. Who those six tries scored? Well, Jared Wrighty, I agree, scored, scored a try for flick pass. Yep, that's, yeah, so five more. Five more. Who else? Josh Papaliti, did he score? Yeah, Josh Papali'i, um, Parramatta. Did any Parramatta front row score? No, no. Melbourne, surely a Melbourne front row would have scored. They scored 50 points. No, no. no. Come on, rattle them off. No, no, come on. I, I, want you to get, I want you to have one more guess. Come on. Okay, one more guess. All right. So, look, there was, there was a couple of try scorers on Sunday and there was another try scorer on, on Saturday, uh, Saturday afternoon. Ah, uh, so Fitzy? I didn't see the Knights game, Knights-Cowboys game. Nope, it wasn't the Knights-Cowboys game. It was the Broncos-Broncos-Titans game. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I watched that game. I watched that game. Um, who was it? Oh, Lusani the Cousy! Come over from the Warriors! Isn't he stoked? You know, he got out of that one pretty quickly, didn't he? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's three tries. Yeah. We've got three more tries. Who are they? Oh, yes. Nice. Yep. And it was such a weekend for the front rowers that we even had Adam Fanua Blanks going over for a double. Oh, good on you. Good on you. Used to play with his uh, older brother, actually, back at back at Marsland College. Yep, yep. Tyrone. 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 Not a, not a bad player himself, you know. Yeah. Not as good as his brother, though, obviously. His brother was uh, yeah. his brother was actually good from day dot. They were always making rep teams. Um, you know, and it's good to see those types of players that are, you know, talented uh, from a young age to still make it all the way through. Good on it, because it takes a lot just to get from get that. Just before we get stuck into the games, week, you know, just on heaps, you know, we're seeing front rowers scoring scoring in uh, uh, in frequency over the weekend. Yep. Um, there's obviously been a bit of talk, and I, I'm sure you've noticed the high scoring um, victories. Yep. The bigger blowouts. Yep. Yep. Definitely. So, you know what I'm like, Rick? Numbers, man. Stat man. I like to run, 
I would like to run the numbers and give us some stats mm. and, and see where we're at. So, yep. um, what, if, I, if you look to uh, rounds uh, three to through seven, there have been 23 of the 40 games played, which have been a 13-plus result. So about half. Yeah, about 58%. Yep. 58%. Uh, or, or 13 plus. Um, we've got a couple of big ones in there too. You know, like 59 nil, a lot of 30 plus wins as well. Yep. Here's the big one: only seven games or 18 percent were decided by less than six points, and they're those sort of close contests that we yep, like yep. as viewers. You know, as when it's one score. Now, if we go to rounds one and two, yep. before we had these these six, these six again rules, we had. Also, seven games decided by less than six. Oh, yep, yep. But seven out of 16, not seven out of 40. Yep. And we had six out of 16 games that were 13 plus. So a 20% less. 20% less that were 13 plus, And we had 25% more games decided by six or less. A couple of field goals, you know, one two-point victories. Yep. So... The reason why I bring this up is it's it, it sort of it something that sort of Tom Tom mentioned yes last, last week, time yep. where we were discussed we were talking about the interchanges and we and we got on the topic of you know sometimes we we change these rules and then before it's even settled we're looking to change them again and and we're not really thinking about well, what kind of product are we trying to create what kind yeah. of game we create yep. what's the goal yep. when we're doing these it's like oh let's speed it up well. This is a byproduct starting to be a little bit of a byproduct of goal and the momentum. And I'm starting to be less of a fan of this of the six again, man. Like, yep. I, I, I do like it. It is exciting throughout the contest, but there's definite like the the edges are closer for when a team can just get so much momentum and have the ball for like ten minutes. Yeah, like, I can have the ball for ten minutes. Like they can have it for like five or six minutes. Yeah, score a try, get the ball back, get momentum again. Like, yeah. And but but in saying that though, Kaz, I don't want you to. It's going to change who the best teams are. It's not going to change who the best teams are. I think because the best teams just they adapt and they have more resilience. But there is a byproduct of, I guess it, maybe it just widens the gap. Yeah, yeah. Well, two games, two 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 rounds of footy. Sorry, um, compared to I think it's five rounds of footy. Five. Yeah, uh, and I'm sure that probably a similar trend to last year, and I, and I see where you're getting at. Uh, in terms of, you know, the product might be more free-flowing, but is it actually more entertaining? Is it more entertaining to have a closer match, regardless of how free-flowing it was? Um, you do want a balance of either. You do want a balance of either. I understand that. Um, but I, I don't want to shoot it down just yet. I do hear where you come from, and I, and I am starting to feel you to some extent. But I don't want, to, I don't want us to be crisis merchants, so to speak, um, because I believe there's going to be a bit of a teething period. Eventually, I believe, eventually, the the game will catch up to the change. So I know I know at the moment that, you know, it's a, momentum can just get taken away, like uh, it can be hard to wrestle back and, and vice versa or whatever the case may be. But I just think over time, maybe come next year, come finals, I think that will definitely come a lot closer. But... It is something to keep in mind, as you're saying. Like we 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 do want a free flowing game, but we don't want a one sided game. You know, we want a contest between bat and ball, and that's more exciting than having just a one sided free flowing game. You know what I mean? Everywhere, you know, like, because you and I, you and I, might watch a Premier League game, and we might think the best game is the game that was six four, but to a purist. They're gonna think it was a high, atrocious game. Yeah, look, it's all it's all you know variable, of course, and I think just the thing that I, I and I'm not sort of sitting there going, nah, I'm, that's what I've decided. Mm-hmm. Just more, it's just something I've noticed. Yeah. Sort of, it makes me ask some questions. Okay, well, what's what's yeah. to it? And then, but like, well, I think for the AFL, like a couple of years ago, now they've, they've shortened their quarters now to make the game not as long and they're lower scoring. They are a bit closer. Then they shortened their game. They shortened the board. How did they do that? How did the, the TV rights say yeah to that? I, I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I know they shortened the quarters. Yeah, so fair enough. Fair enough. By, by a few minutes, and they might have changed. I can't remember 
else they might have changed. I don't follow it enough as deeply. But yeah. you know, seeing those games where you can see 150 to 40. <laughs> you don't need that. And, you don't need that. Know, and, and you see frequently like teams being beat by 80. What was the grand final? And then I'm starting to go, well, 59 mil, 36 6. You know, like, Wasn't the final, grand final over by half time last year? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, there's so many that have been like that. Yeah, yeah, true. There's been a few grand finals like that. Our game, you know? That's what's great about our game. Yeah. But also, just in saying that rule change, sorry, uh, I've noticed that they've come up with another uh, uh, variation to the rule change. Which, which yeah. goes back to, one, what Tom said. Oh, have we taken into account what the game's going to look like? But two, what I've said from the moment that they change the rule is the, there's rules in place to achieve what you wanted to achieve. You just need to act on the rules. And now what yeah. they've found is we've, we've changed the rules. What is it? So they changed it as the start of round three that there's going to be a six again. And then they've altered it twice in five games. In five rounds of footy. They've altered it twice. When, There's still the flaws as well though, like when they're giving six again on zero and first tackle. Yeah, it's, it's no no point. Often when they're down in their own 20, like six again, it's like, not six again, penalty. Penalty, penalty. penalty. Yeah, because yeah. it was already a free-flying game. Anyone to say that it wasn't a free-flying game was stupid. Okay, back to what Tom said last week. Viewing's up. Crowd was up. A membership was up, yet there needs to be a change. I don't know. It's just a bargaining tool when the when the freaking uh, the media or not the media the the television rights have got to try their absolute best to make it as cheap as they can. That's the that's the whole point of buying something. You want to make it as cheap as you can, so you'll make up bullshit to try and make it cheaper. But it doesn't necessarily always work out that way. Then in response to that, people are like, no, no, we'll change a product that you're going to buy. We'll give you a better product. Well, how have you tested it? You tested it out on an all-star game where the all the NRL all-stars have stated themselves they don't really care about it. So half yeah. the game didn't even care about it. Yeah. But anyway, no, we don't want to be crisis yeah, merchants. It's just more, again, you know, it's sort of, are we going, are we, are we going back to the, Yeah. All right. We're going to have to get start, stuck into uh, the matches of the in focus from last week. The matches in focus from last week, we had the Panthers versus the Rabbitohs on Thursday night. Good work by the Panthers. You know, give it to the Rabbitohs. Give it to the Rabbitohs. What did you think of the game? Yeah, look, Panthers are too good. They are just too good. And South just couldn't, couldn't stay complete sets. They just made errors. Um, and they were just never... It was surprising that they managed to still be kind of in it. I thought... Penrith maybe could have put them felt like they could have put them away earlier, um, but they were they were never really going to win. They never really looked like they had to score or hold the ball on long enough to keep pressure. Yeah, but I just think it's a typical Brisbane, not Brisbane, a typical Wayne Bennett display. You know, they, they don't have the forward pack that can really match with the top teams. The Panthers have a squad at the moment that are on the rise. South Sydney are um, in the middle of the road. They're they're not. I don't think Tom said they were going to finish. They can finish down to eleventh. I don't think they're that bad, mainly because of Wayne Bennett. He instills this thing into the team where they're not going to beat themselves. And I know that sounds stupid considering how much they dropped the ball, but they're not just they. They lost by eight points when it felt as though Penrith were a lot more dominant than that in the game. Yeah, I mean, look, they scored a try on the minute to go. So like, oh, South did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So they were trying to 79. Must, you know? must so have been 20 and 6. It was, and that's um, uh, four tries. It was four tries to one. Oh, really? Until that last yeah, time. Yeah. Yeah, clearly he couldn't kick straight. But he missed the first two conversions. So, like, it was 8 0, but it was like. Oh, yeah, they were talking about. They were talking about he might have had the yips or something, or that. He wasn't yeah, kicking him no, sweet, yeah. Fucking Avatar looking forehead. Oh, he had a sore head, that try. Yeah. He was in yeah, hospital all exactly week. At least he wasn't on TikTok all bloody week, if you know what I'm saying. Impressed with Nathan Clue. Yeah. He yeah. impressed me in every way this year. Just, he's just so um, calm, cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, speaking of cool, uh, Adam Reynolds is pretty cool as well, under pressure. Uh, but he... He... he um, 
He's definitely not as good with his forward pack isn't as strong. His kicking game's always there. His kicking game's always there. But previously, he's always had Sam Burgess. So when you have the, the kicking game of Adam Reynolds, you're always going to be in with a chance of, of winning the game when you have Sam Burgess, who can turn a game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because Reynolds is going to keep, keep giving you opportunities to turn the game, turn the game, turn the game. And as good as Cam Murray is, and as much as I think he's so integral to their team, he doesn't have that, that uh, game-breaking tackle. He doesn't have that game-breaking charge that Sam Burgess has. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sam Burgess leads the, will lead the forward pack. Cam Murray's not going to lead your forward pack. He's going to be an amazing player in it. He could almost be your most effective player for a lot of moments. Yep. But he's, not, he's never going to lead because he doesn't have that size. You need your big guy with that presence in that forward pack. Yep. Who, like, there's a reason why the Roosters are so much better with Jared, Jared in our team. Yeah, you know, there's that guy who fucking leads those boys in the middle, where the real battle and war is done with the front rowers. They're the guys that get you going forward. Uh, I, I saw a clip on Facebook. Oh, and... well, I reckon Victor Radley could fucking lead. He would lead the boys. Yeah, I saw I saw a clip on Facebook, and it was Gus Gould talking about Jared Hargraves as he's walking. I don't know if it's to start the game, and they talk talk about he's talking about how if you ever see a pack of dogs, you know, once the leader of that pack. Barks, the rest of the pack barks. Once the leader of that pack bites, the rest of that pack bites. And that there, he's the leader of that pack. And it's so true. He's just the, and you know, they have a world-class pack. They have a world-class pack. Let's be, let's be real. Let's be real. It's the best pack the rugby league's ever seen. I'm going to be straight up. But there's still got to be an alpha dog in it. And he's the alpha dog. And you look at each, look, you look at those top teams, and they've got they've got those guys who, who are stepping up and doing that. You know, they need you need your big dog. Yeah. You know, your fire, your, your lead, fiery leader. Or you don't have to always be fiery, but you know, they've definitely got to have a presence. Yeah. Well, speaking of big, big, uh, the top teams and therefore pack firing, uh, Parramatta Eels, Regan Campbell, Gillard. I think he ran. I think he ran two thousand six hundred and eighty-four meters. I think he had eighty-two offloads. I think he had seven hundred tackles. He played one hundred and two minutes. A chip and chase, and two tries in the corner. Didn't he have a spectacular game? He was great. Now look, the pa- Parramatta have been, yeah, they've been great all year. Yep. Paulo. And they, and they throw, they lose Mitch Moses in that game. And. Just steal. They have steal. Dylan Brown, yep. Brown had. Like, I'm surprised Dylan Brown could run as quick as he does with the size of fucking balls he has. Like, because he doesn't <laughs> give a fuck. Yeah, and yeah. How quick, is he? how quick is he? Yeah, yeah. Like, his cover tackles, like, he's just. He's just got that heart. And was he the one that come across. Was he the one that come across to make the tackle on Nickel Clockstead? Like, he didn't get him, but he made the tackle on him. Yeah. Made the tackle on Kiri last week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he like, like Kiri was in space and his bang came in no time. Yeah, well, one of the things that I wrote about him last last year was his ability to be able to play second fiddle. Yeah, he did it, he, and um, I know that sounds a little bit strange, but sometimes when you play as a half, you like to make, put your impact on the game, be involved in the game and stuff, whereas. Last year, I saw that he was able to to play second fiddle, not overplay his hand, not crowd Moses, uh, not get too involved, but in just enough touches, a little bit like George Williams, in a sense there. You know, Hodgson's their main point of attack, really, for the Raiders. Again, Moses is their main point of attack. And he's able to play second fiddle. I haven't seen him step up and play that, play, play, uh, you know, take the lead role. I think he might have done it actually earlier in the season when Moses didn't play too well and he might have ended up rising. But just to highlight how impressive he is, is he, Moses goes down and he still doesn't overplay his hand. He even actually takes a step back again to King Gutho. You know what I mean? And that could be age, that could be inexperience, but the reality is he didn't falter to the pressure of feeling he had to do it. 
gets maximum value from the position that he takes. Yeah, correct. Exactly right. He just, just enough. Just enough. We're gonna, we're gonna, well, now we're going to see a full week, full week of it this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Who was named at seven? Dryfield. Oh, Dryfield. He no Dryfield. Okay, yeah, yeah. He was the one who came from the Dragons. He was signed late, late in the preseason, wasn't he? Like a week before the season started or something. That's right. Because he played the trial. Yeah, yeah. Because they do need a kicking option. They do need a kicking option. Um, I thought they might have gone with that uh, Salmon because he played six last year. But maybe Fields probably got a better kick on him. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but yeah, I want to talk about. So we went with Regan Campbell Gillard, their Ford pack. They've got they've got fucking steel now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when you have a team that has got steel, that is the ingredient that you need to have a B game and a C game. Yeah. Because it's one thing to develop your own game, you know, as Maddie Johns talked about with the Knights, they're still developing their own game. Parramatta had an A game last year. They had their A game. But against the Melbourne Storm, wasn't on. It wasn't there. And they put 50 on it. Was it 50? No, no, no. It was 30 nil. 30 nil. Yeah. So they just won by 50 the week before. Yeah, yeah, that's right. 8 nil. And then they lost 30 nil. Yeah, it was quite comfortable, actually, that that result. So, So now, when you have a team that have got steel... And we saw that against the Roosters, and it wasn't a fucking fluke. I know the Roosters ended up winning it quite comfortably. A little bit of an experience, but that performance against the Roosters was like they would have come out of that not with the two points, but the yeah, confidence of a win. We're, we're almost there. Exactly. And right here, you know, we're and, right here and, and we're still getting better. And it's not like they did that at round 26 or the last week before the finals, where they've only got, you know, two or three weeks before they have, might have to play them again. They've got the rest of the year to develop their B and C game. You know, to 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 really, um, you know, I don't know the fucking word. I really wish I did. Just to hone in and strengthen that steel that they've got to really lay the foundations, as as Robinson likes to say about that steel. And, and against Canberra, they fucking had it. They they you know they switched off for about five minutes there, where they scored those two tries late in the game. You know, it's two really great creative tries. Correct. Like, you know, it's just one of the some part of it's just one of those things that like they both. Williams would say great little kick in for chance, like, and that was just a clever kick. Like, yep. whether you're on or not, that may have still been a try. Mm. And then what they scored off the kickoff, didn't they? Oh, 60 out as well, yeah. So you're probably right. They yeah. scored from inside yeah. their heart. So, like, it's still, like, you're still, you're still going to be harsh on yourself. Yep. You go, we shouldn't let that happen. Yep. But they got it done in the 88th minute, 87th minute, kick yeah. up, they kicked the field goal. It's like, no one on that team, they didn't have anyone who would kick one. He had one shot, he missed the next one. Yeah, so he only had two shots. I thought he had, like, fucking five, mate. He must have only had two. They were trying to, it was so exciting. I was trying to remember, they were trying to, they were both trying to put tries on, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, George Williams gave himself up when he went for a field goal 50 out and it only went 40. He gave himself up. He should have just... I know it's easy from us and, you know, as a, you know at that level, you got to back yourself and be confident and, and you applaud that. But for me, if I was the opponent, I would have felt safe from there. You know, if they're there, we're safe because he's exposed himself. Whereas if he kicked to the corner... He wouldn't have exposed himself and then it would have said, fuck, he's ready to grind us here. He's ready. He's willing. He's willing to force. He wants us to make a mistake. And that's what that kick to the corner does. It doesn't say that I don't think I can kick it. It doesn't say that. It says, we're going to fucking make you work this out of here now. Yeah. And if you get out of here, credit to you. I back, I back our defense. I'm not worried. You're not going to get a shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. But, um, you know, it's easy. It's easy from where we sit. Yeah. Look, and look, at the, end, the, fact, the end result, it did, it did, and Ricky Stewart said it best, it did make, um, they got closer than they probably deserved to get. Yeah, it. true. Um, you know, true. they just haven't really been able to get it all clicking, but they've just, they've got enough good players in their team that they can never be fully out of it. Yeah, well, you know, speaking of Ricky, I think this Ricky versus Wiki combat, uh, thing is, is starting to heat up a little bit, personally. Oh, yeah? Mm. Tell me. Tell because... Me I messaged you during the week and I said to you, Ricky Stewart has an ability 
to be able to get his team to match with the top teams, but not get over the line. And then when he plays the lower teams, to stoop to their level and sometimes get beaten. That's what he, he, he has an, an incredible ability being able to do that. Now, as a fan of the team that he's coaching, you don't want that ability in your coach. You don't want to be playing, you know, just a little bit worse than the top teams and just a little bit better than the shitter teams. You want them playing at a consistent level all the time. So it gets me to think, um, you know, he, he's thrown a few shots, you know, they've, they've got a good squad and I don't think they're going to finish outside the top eight. Um... But the end of it they finish on is, is going to be key. Correct. Now, it brings me to John Bateman. How integral he is to their squad. Because when he comes back, I can't, I can't, I can't, I think they would have beaten Parramatta if he was playing, personally. So then, two things. One, John Bateman, integral part of their squad. Second thing, I thought he didn't want to leave the Raiders. I thought he didn't ask them to leave the Raiders. I thought there was no agitation. I thought there weren't requests. Now all of a sudden you've been told you you will not be playing for us next year. You go find yourself a certain team. Well, sometimes when there's smoke, there's fire. Yep. And it's just hoops, mate. I reckon hoops is bang on every time. I don't like the guy. I, I used to get rubbed up the wrong way with him, but he's accurate. You know what? When hoops says something, he doesn't usually report it and like just, oh, it's just, it was nonsense. But the, the, when I hear, when you hear Buzz and even Crawley sometimes, they're the ones that are like, Richo, there's a few, quite a few other of, of the other ones where, you, where it's like, oh, yeah, Bellamy's going to the Bulldogs. Well, that's what we've heard. And Bellamy's like, like, we spoke to his manager. And Bellamy's like, I don't have a fucking manager. Yeah. Like, so like, shut the fuck up. Like, what yeah, are you yeah. talking about? Like, and it's the same as this, look, Look at this, like, tailspin has happened over the weekend for, about the turf. Yeah. So, oh, during the Roosters game, so he sees injuries. Then, half-time, they're talking about, oh, there's reports the Roosters have put an official complaint in. They said it multiple times in the call. Multiple times. And then, not only, it's funny, it, they created a straw man. They created a straw man. What's, what so is a straw man? So, it's like, it, you know, you, if you were to paint... If, like uh, a straw man, you'll go, you're creating an imaginary foe that's the enemy. Oh, yeah. You've got to fight against. And that foe is the turf. Yeah, so they've yeah. Been, they're saying, there's been reports that they've asked um, to inspect the turf. Oh, controversy, you know. Well, we could have some conflict here. When, you know, then you hear from the coach, it's like, no, it's nonsense. Like, we haven't asked for anything. Yeah, no yeah. No one said it's the turf. No one has said it's the turf. All you guys have done is bring it up and then say why it's not the turf. So why the fuck are we still talking about the turf? Yeah. And now, now they're ripping up the turf a week early. A week early? Well, what does that mean? Would they have ripped it up next well, week? They're going to change the turf uh, at the end of next week. They'll just, they just, I think it's just standard. They'll change when they keep it. And, and they have a lot of games on how, do they, how do they change the turf? They just literally rip up all the grass and they have grass that grows out on a farm um, and they bring in that turf and then lay it down. And so I just remember, you know, I don't know if this is the same as a, as a backyard, but you, you roll the turf out and then those little strip shot and they'll be next to each other and you can see that the t- clear distinct two different strips of turf that has been rolled out and then you're not allowed to walk on it for a couple of weeks or a couple of days or whatever, however long it is. Feels like, it feels like a couple of weeks. It could only be a couple of days for all I know. But then, once it, uh, maybe... And then it's ready. And it's like, oh, I, I remember seeing these as thin little strips. Now it's just one little piece of grass. Yeah, mate, How do they do it on a football massive, field? Massive rolls of grass growing out, on, you know, out west past Western Sydney, you know? Like, yeah. so, anyway, it's just, that's the media. They've got to, they've got to create stories, you know, if, if it's things that's too slow for them. Yeah, yeah. It's just, um, as you know, watching your two, two players... Two integral parts, and then to add on top of that, which sort of gets, he got hidden under the fact of two season-ending ACLs. But Isaac Liu, still important to us, man. That's another reason why our pack is fucking world-class, man. He's on the bench, he plays for New Zealand. You know what I mean? And he goes down, like, it brings us back to fucking Kenty. Speaking of Kenty, thanks for one of your beers, mate. Kempi, got one, got a bloke in a bar, mate. Beautiful beer. Yeah, 
get yourself a case and, you know, support the platform, as he likes to say. Um, but, you know, he spoke earlier about the year, you know, the Roosters' depth, is it there? You know, that could be questionable. Well, now, right now, our depth is in question. What do you think of that? Famosili. Famosili, who's been at the Warriors, so he's come back from the Warriors and he's on the bench. And you still got all those on the bench, bro. Yeah. Like, starting for his last year for the heaps of last year. Like he can he just be wherever. Yeah, well you you know what Robbo does with him, eh? You know? You Mr. Fix it, Mr. Fix it, Mr. Fix it. Becomes finals footy time, mate. You're in the starting side and that's what you're gonna be doing. You know what I mean? He's done two years in a row, bro. But um, so we got this Fatmo uh, Salidi's come back. Um, I think we've got Collins on the bench. You know who's been you know working his way, working his way, working his way. I think he came on the scene. What was it? Twenty eighteen. Come on the scene. Yeah, he's you been know, around for both grand finals. It's now twenty twenty, and he is a, a, a expected to be picked on the bench every week when he's fit. Uh, you know Satili. Come onto the scene last year. So yep. he's on the bench. You know, he's only, you know, second year. He's still growing, but I think he's been on the bench every week this yeah, year. Every week bar one. Bar, one. bar one. So okay. Now Butch has gone into the starting side. Now, just when they were coming through the ranks, then Bradley and Butcher were in that same 20 squad. Yeah, okay. And Butcher was the, the star, was the captain. Just uh, Radley was the one who was able to make the transition a little bit quicker than Butcher to first grade. Yeah, I think it's also because he had that utility value in him in the role he was playing. Maybe okay. that sort of just gave enough. Because I think there was friend. I remember Friendy was out for a couple of weeks, and Radley was like played starting hooker. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yep. we were like, you know, people. That's when people got excited about Radley. Yeah. Um, I think that would have been around when Sammy Verrills would have done his knee the last time too. So he's not even part oh, of so he's been has he been part of the Roosters for a while? I thought he was only signed by the Roosters last, last year. year. He actually just last year came to the Roosters, so he's not here. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's where Radley sort of, I think, just opportunity. Yeah, yeah. And so it just makes me think, it just makes me think, maybe Butcher might have a few hands on him himself. He might be able to, you know, I don't want to say that he has to fulfill Victor Radley and he has to do the exact same as Radley. I just hope that he can add... Um, a little bit of uh, spice there, something different, as opposed to just running, you know. For sure, I, agree. I don't want to call it meathead football, but you know that is a key point where you know Tom said last week we had three front rowers, whereas nowadays that thirteen has to offer something more than just a battering ram. They have to offer something more. If they're not offering more, it's too up and down, and defense is just it's too it's not enough questions. Just because Nat Butch is there this week doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be there at the end of the year. You know, there's a lot of options we could put at 13. Yeah, yeah. Well, what, you know, what, what do you think? Well, um, you could, you could, if you've got Nat Butcher there, you could also. Now it depends on the structure of your bench, but you could start Lindsay Collins and then you played Seawire at thirteen as well. And then, you know, but he and he's he is a, a front rower, but he's just he still offers. He's played he's played thirteen for us in the past. He's like a Jason Tomalolo. It, it might be. It might just be. It might also. It could also just vary to who it might be playing. But look, obviously we've gotten used to now who having Radley at thirteen, but we can't go try and create a Radley if we don't have one. Yeah, yeah. You can't go to market either for him. I see that Elliot from the Bulldogs actually offers a little bit of creativity through the middle. Yeah. Yeah, he's... Yeah, he's I like Adam Elliot. Because I used to think he should be on the on the edge. 
and put yeah. Josh Jackson into the middle. But seeing him being a little bit more creative, because he didn't do it last year. He wasn't yeah. doing it last year. But maybe he's sort of been given a little bit more, uh, you know, the coach probably knew that was there and said, oh, yeah. okay, we might have to get a little bit more out of you than just being a boring old battering ram. Yeah, exactly right. Now we got that, you know, embrace, you know, uh, spread your wings. Spread yeah. your wings, my child. But it also comes back to just allowing people to fulfill and uh, do what they're good at. You know what I mean? And Tom Tom talked about it last week. And it was such an insightful sort of um, chat to him. You know, we've been friends with him since we were fucking near seven. And yeah. about footy, I probably haven't had that much um, insight as to, you know, for, for me, I always felt a little bit, um, I didn't want to, one, bore him, or two, make him have to... Um, you're going to burden him with just like, hey, tell me about this. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Burden him, that's it. I don't want to burden him with... Because I could just... We could have sat there on the seat for fucking hours and hours and just more and more and more, but... I think sometimes you forget that, you know, um, or sometimes we forget is that Tom loves rugby league. Yeah, he loves it just as much as me. More, more, more. Yeah. More than happy to talk about, you know, yeah, yeah. in that kind of context. Well, okay, so we've, we've been talking about the 13s. Um... You know, that's a big game this week. Roosters Melbourne, Thursday night. Yep, yep. Thursday night. So, obviously, we're going to see Napoli in there in 13. Um, we're going to see uh, no, Cam, uh, no Cam Munster either for the Melbourne Storm. So, which is a big out for Melbourne. Uh, we, whether, obviously, a bit of intrigue to see who could be playing in the halves for, for Melbourne. Could it be Cam, Cam Smith being in seven? Brandon Smith started at nine. Do they bring Riley Jacks or Cooper Johns in? And um, then you've got him and Jerome Hughes in the halves. And obviously, there's been a lot of history with the Roosters and the Storm. You know, a big history over the last couple of years. Uh, yep. uh, Roosters have kind of had their number, uh, you know, uh, after these last two years, they've kind of had their number. So, well, so is Canberra. We've had, their number, we've had their number in the second half of the year. Oh, actually, that's not true. Mitchell kicked that field goal against well, them last year, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, and then we lost one by like one or two points later in the year. Like we always have some close games through the year, but then have got him in the finals these last couple of years, and they were a bridge for us to try and climb. Yeah. However, we had Coop Cronk with us to help us beat the storm. Yeah. But the good thing is now it's like we don't have to beat. We don't have Cooper. We don't have to beat Cooper either. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the biggest things. Was it wasn't we didn't have to worry about Cooper's ability to apply the pressure. It's Cooper and Billy and Cameron. Like, yeah, yeah. All three of them. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, never are all three of them going to have a bad game. Really, two of them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I think I can't see them putting Smith at um in the halves. Yeah. The only reason why I don't, I just don't think he's as effective. I think, though, the reason why they may look to it this week would only be because if Cam Munster is out, not the halfback. Yeah, but he doesn't do what Cam Munster does. Cam Munster's... Cam, like, what's he going to do to Jack Wyden? No, 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 no. It's not to say... It's just... It's not to say that he him to play like Cam Munster. Just the... Cam Munster's the experience in the halves there. Yeah. Him and Jerome Hughes. And yeah. Riley Jackson... Riley Jack's probably more experienced than Hughes, to be honest. He's been around for ages. And then, well, I guess, it, do you want to go, okay, well, we've got Brandon Smith who's killing it at hooker. Like, I mean, yeah. when Brandon Smith came on in nine, you know, even, I know it was the Warriors, but, I mean, they just started piling on more tries. Now, it doesn't he, matter. So, when he comes on, he's just a fucking jack-in-a-box, isn't he? So, look, anyway, we'll see. But it's still, it's a, it's a storm team without Cameron Munster. It's going to be played up at Suncorp. Suncorp Stadium. Yeah. So, it's look. It's always those games are always quiet. I thought I thought Melbourne Storm chose the Central Coast. Oh no, sorry, chose Cogra Oval as their home ground. No, 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 Sunshine Coast. They didn't want to be in Sydney. Yeah, it makes that, that makes more sense to me. That makes more sense to me. But I I thought they, I heard them say they got put in Cogra. They got put in Cogra last week, but then they and they were looking at a hub in Sydney, and then the Storm like, look, if we're going to be out of Melbourne, we'd like to be on the Sunshine Coast. Yeah, we, makes sense. Exactly where we're going to go. And it just makes sense as well. There's already so many teams playing in Sydney. Oh, and also their wow. fucking reserve grade squad's up there. But actually, no, but they can't be in the bubble. And there's no reserve grade anymore. What am I talking about? Yeah, yeah, they're not playing. But look, look, they're just... There's a lot more of their teams are from those areas. Plus, there's only... You've only got Brisbane and the Gold Coast playing at Suncorp. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it makes sense. That makes more sense than putting them at Cogger Oval, let's be honest. Yeah, 
obviously coming into this week, the last thing the Storm wanted to do was take their home game against the Roosters and play them in Sydney. Fuck <laughs> that, Chucks. I'm not fucking Chucks. No, yeah, no, you're right, actually. I'd be leaning towards the Roosters, but I'd never count Melbourne out. You know, they've, they've definitely got some points to prove, but it would be tough for them without Monster. Yeah. All right, well, well, we'll start talking about next week's matches. Uh, matches in focus. Uh, we've got... Where's my little list here? I can't fucking see them. There it is. Storm of the Roosters, which we've already talked about. And the other one, Seagulls versus the Knights. What are your thoughts on going into that match? Yeah, look, both teams coming off a, um, a loss. I think if anyone, out, any tipsters out there, not many would have tipped um, both both those teams to lose. And a lot to prove for the Knights and obviously up against it for Manly, you know. Do they get a reality check without Turbo or are they just busted from, you know, the, what the effort the week before and the Sharks just come out hungrier. Yeah. You know? But I'm more, I'm more curious to see what I, um, what comes from the Knights. I think I know enough about Manly and what that Manly jersey players are wearing it alike. You know they're going to come and fight for it. But maybe Turbo and Dylan Walker, maybe it's going to be continue to be tough. So they're just going to need so much from, from Cherry and that, that forwards. That's, that's what's going to battle's going to be big. Yeah. The Saifidi brothers have really come 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 to what I predicted of them to be. You know, I, I said a, I said when they first started out, I think they might have been twenty when I yeah. when they first come onto the scene. And I thought, you know, they they've got to be good. Just they need some more you know, it's not fair to them to have to uh, develop the team on their own. They need a little bit someone there to teach them how to be first graders, to teach them how to, you know, play. But now they're definitely at that age where they're primed. You know, I always say that to be a front rower, to dominate the comp for 30 weeks, it's going to take you into about 24, 25, 26. If you can do it before that, you're in a special class. But right. to win yeah, the competition, to dominate for 30 weeks, you need to be at least 24, 25 years old. And they're about that now. They've got Dave Clemmer there. They've got Tim Glasby there. You know, they've got Mitchell Pierce, even though he's not a forward. You know, he's fr- he's a winner. He knows what, he knows what he wants from his front rows. Anyway. Aiden Guerra on the bench. Aiden Guerra. He's played a lot of football, a lot of rep football, been around a lot of good players. So. Yeah. That's a big test for the Knights because they sort of, you know, they, they didn't sort of quite come there ready to play on the weekend and the Knights, uh, the Cowboys ambushed them. So. Yeah. It was, a, it was a shock, to be honest, the Cowboys. It was. They, they come out soft and... The, Cowboys just came out. They were just running a bit harder. But the, but that's twice. I think it was it two weeks in a row. Did they lose the week before? Sorry, I just have to. The Knights. Did, no, the Knights beat the Broncos. So the week before they beat the Broncos. Yeah. Was that a comfortable they win? The, they lost to the Storm the week before that. It was a flogging, wasn't it? Oh yeah, they beat yeah, the Broncos they were, comfortably. They were down eighteen 0 and they they brought it back to 18-12 but lost 26-12. 26-12, twenty six twelve. Twenty six twelve. You're better than the Zap. You're quicker. Yeah, well, it just it just worries me. It just worries me that, um, well, it doesn't worry me actually. It doesn't worry me at all. It just highlights the fact that how far Parramatta have come, because that was that type of that was what they were like, you know. They they were well beaters one week, and then the next week they get beat by by thirty, and you just think, what? Man, Parramatta are the real fucking deal this year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, correct. If the forward pack, they have the weapons on both edges. Like, both edges start with Madison, Sean Lane, like these, you know, they offer different things. It's fucking Sean Lane, 6'6", six six, hitting holes, popping off low. Madison as well. Like, it's a guy who played junior kangaroos in the halves. Like, yeah, yeah. He's playing out there in the back row for you. And you've got Jennings, Wonga Blake, you've got Michael fucking Sebo and Fergo. Um, yeah, that tried at Sean Lane set up. That, that's, the, that's the type of stuff you, you dream of, eh? As a as a forward is to be able to hit a hole, get tackled, and in the falling motion, have a guy outside you, just hitting it, and it's it's the greatest sensation as a forward I feel is to be able to do an offload while you're falling to a guy to make a line break slash a try. Oh. It's one of the greatest feelings ever. We can do. We saw the great SBW do it numerous. Times. Oh, brilliant! And and. I don't, I don't, I don't think that can be taught. I really don't. 
like it can be improved. So that if you can improve it, you probably can teach it. Maybe okay, but I'm, I, I genuinely don't think it can be taught. And that was something that I wanted to. I wanted. I, I was wondering, like, when we asked Tom about how, you know, how do they make you better? Like, no coach can go to a back rower. Well, you need to, you know, hold your arm like this, and then, like, I would say you need to roll it off your hand. You know, you need to roll it off your hand, but. You can't, uh, what's it called? Replicate it. You can't replicate it. You just have to have it. Because I remember even asking Tom to try and fucking talk to help me with my offloads at training one time. And all he wanted to do was fucking knock at the ball. I go, you can't do that. He goes, I'm trying to help you. I go, you need not. You're going to tackle me. He goes, I am. And he's trying to fucking knock the ball as I'm trying to offload it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you just, it's something that's just inherently in there. Yeah, yeah. Paulo. Um, Paulo. Yeah. Yeah. Their bench is, is doing well. I think they had Nikore, Neokore, 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 something like that. He. Wonga, uh, Wonga Blake. Blake. You know, there are a couple of guys, and then a couple, you know, guys that just come through their ranks and start and form, you know? Yeah, so, and King Gutho, mate. King fucking Gutho. Just, you know how I talk about Mitchell Pierce, how he's just on the, you know, the racing car game, he's just on the accelerator the entire time? Yeah. That's the same yeah. with Gutherson. Just, you, 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 you blink, you take your offer for one second, he's got to catch her. The bob, when he put his, when he looked up at the ball, he he made sure that he, he, he tried his absolute hardest to get a position to have his foot back. He's not going to let anything slide. Nothing's going to get past him. You know, that that's an opportunity where I can get a 20 meter restart here. So he makes sure that he tries his absolute best to get the 20 meter restart. Whereas some people, one, it might not cross their mind. And even if it does cross their mind, they might not attempt it because they're fearing that they're going to drop the ball. But he's like... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to catch this because I can catch it and I'm also that good at catching it that I'm going to fucking put my fucking leg out because I'm going to get an extra fucking tackle an extra 20 fucking metres because I'm fucking King Gutho. Fuck, mate. I remember Tom talking about Gutho when he was at Nami. You know, when he yep. first came on the scene. I remember seeing Gutho when he first came on the scene and we're like, who's this Gutho? Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, the, yeah, well, he talked. Yeah, I spoke to him a few weeks ago about um, Turbo, and he goes, When he came to the squad, we had Snake and Gutho, and they both went, Oh, shit. And Gutho was like, Well, I'm out of here. And he, <laughs> he left. He went to Parramatta. <laughs> Good on you. Um, but yeah, he's just one of those players that, you know, as a fan, when you watch him, you just love him. You know, you think, you know, because you, you know that he's going to give 100%. But that's why the fucking players love him. And I'm sure there's more reasons. There's more things that we might not see. But you can definitely see from where we're from that everyone else trusts him, believe in him. And similar to how Justin Langer would talk about Ricky Potting, is he'll ask them all to run through a brick wall, but he will run through the brick wall first. Yeah. You know, the Langer, the way that he explained it is the best. He goes, Ricky Potting, you know, if he told me to run through a brick wall, I'd run through a brick, not because of any, any, because I think I could run through the brick wall, because he thinks I could run through the brick wall, and he's going to run through the brick wall. That's what, that's just, and that's what King Gutho is, is he believes you can do it, and he'll do it as well. And that's what yeah. you want in a leader. And confidence is so important in this game. Yeah, and they've got tons of it at the it's moment. After a game. loss, after a fucking loss, they come out of it more confident. Without the two points, the only thing they came they they didn't come out with it was the two points, but they got more out of it than the two points. If you ask me. Well, that's the longest running drought at the moment, thirty four years. Oh, ooh. Thirty four years. Outside of the Warriors and Titans who haven't won a title, the longest droughts here is Parramatta and then Canberra. Followed by Canberra. 
Yeah. Well, what was the saying? So when they won their first premiership, it was Ding Dong the Witches Dead. Yeah. I think yeah, that's what they, the call was. Parramatta, Parramatta and Manly came into the competition at the, at the same time. Yeah. 1947. Yeah, yeah. Parramatta won the first premiership in 1981, so it was 34 years. Wow. Twice. So they've had two 34-year droughts. Yep. Ooh. 34 years in, all, in, the, inauguration, in the inauguration first one. They won four in six years. Yeah. Now it's been another 34. Wow, they might be able to do that again. Yeah. Won, I think they won nine or yeah. eleven. Alright, now I, before we finish up for tonight, I want to talk about Seabolt and the Broncos. Yeah. Now sure. uh leading into last week, I wasn't a fan of Seabolt. Yeah. But after hearing what Tom had to say about him. And he's been he's been praising him he's been praising him since he was at South Tom. Yeah. He's been praising him since he was at South. To me anyway, I'm sure he's praising to whoever asked him about him, but to me when I asked him about him, um he's always spoke highly of him. When he went to the Broncos last year I started questioning where he was coming from. Yeah. Um and he said a few things to me about it last year. I said, I, I just thought he was a little bit sooky in the press conference one time. This was last year. And he goes, oh, you know, if you put it a little bit of in context, oh, I don't I don't think it was sooky at all. And one of it was, he goes, he's probably just made a decision to stick up for his players. Now, this was, this was last year. Yeah. But he didn't convince me last year. It wasn't until he spoke and he talked about how, you know, how much time and effort and all those types of things. It just makes me wonder that you know, we go back to the media trying to make a story, yes. looking for something to, to beat up, and the Broncos aren't doing yeah. that well. And they're going to present the media how they, just, how they decide. How they see it. They, they dictate the narrative. Um, do you think he, do I think he's made every decision correct? No. No, I don't. But that's not the, the point that I, I'm trying to get at. As I, I just feel like they're, 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 it's almost like a little bit of a witch hunt. Oh, yeah. There is, they just they, they love doing this. They and they do it to all the coaches. Look at all the coaches. All the coaches. They're the things that these journos go after the most because the team starts losing and then a player loses four, a coach might lose a few games in a row and they'll ask the coach, do you, do you fear for you might lose your job? And then they put it on the back of the newspaper and say... You know, he doesn't fear losing his job. On on the verge of being sacked, and then they start investigating more and asking more people, and they just create this this tumbleweed. You know, this this, this tornado. Sorry, from a tumbleweed. Like, so it's it is a bit crazy and full on. Um, as far as the Broncos, I think look, you can't just sit there and, and look at what at things that don't look like they're working and just try and pin it on the coach. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Now. Um, he definitely could do things differently. What what they would be, I don't know. There would have been like a... Um, just... It's not as, it's not as easily solved... It's not as easily as solved as just sacking a coach. Or pinpointing it on the coach. You know? Um, there's def... I, I feel like some of the, the things, if... They're lacking experience... If they're lacking experience, and you go to all the experienced players from last year, really, he did it last year. He called them last year, let's be honest. Yeah. He called Kahu. He called uh, Nikarima. He called yeah. Maguire. Three of the club's most experienced players. And then this year, he got rid of McCulloch. Yeah, and and then Gillette retires, which is unfortunate. And then keeps Darius Boyd, who out of all six of them is the oldest yeah. of them all, and the worst at the moment of them all. Oh, yeah. The the oh, best yeah. career out of all of them. The yeah. best career out of all of them. Yeah. But next week's game isn't dependent on what you did with Queensland's eight in a row. You know what I mean? They don't. That doesn't impact on this anymore. And, you know, when you cull all these other guys, you end up getting put into a corner and having to select people like Darius Boyd. Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe... Isaac Luke and Yeah. 
And I, would he have done that though? Or would have he had explained to them? No, I, 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 I haven't spoken to him. And maybe he did ask for Ben Tia. Maybe he did ask for Isaac Luke. But maybe he probably just said to them, you know, we're lacking a bit of experience. And then the recruitment went, well, let's go get some. <laughs> All right, well, we need a hooker. The massive part in choosing or speaking to or communicating with guys part of the recruitment. Um, it would have just been an opportunity thing. But they needed some other guys. They also, they've also just had heaps of injuries. Heaps of guys suspended. And they've got this turnover of a roster, and then they had a tough run of games as well. And just they, if you did that like ten times, this is probably like the worst of it. Yeah, yeah. All the things that could just sort of go wrong along the way, like yeah, you know, if you have this many guys of your best guys out injured, it's going to be tough anyway. But they've obviously haven't been resolute enough to be able to be tough in games and. It's just been a bit chaotic. Yeah. And and experience is, is probably more more important. Not the be all and end all. You obviously need to have some sort of ability. But the experience, especially on what Tom was saying last week, is is so important. It's so important. And you look at the Roosters now, is we lose Verils, Radley, and Liu. Right, so we have to start going into our depth. You have to. So we bring in this Fabo Silly, bring him in. We've got Lindsay Collins, who's after you know, take a step up now. These two guys get shoved into a team with people that have got three premierships to their name. Multiple people, there's 10 players out there with three premierships to their name. Now, you don't win three in a row, you win three over 10 years. So you've got three players in that team. With over two, no, so you've got 10 players in that team with over 200, 150 games. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and that, you know, a lot of rep footy as well. Look how much representative footy is in that side, whether it be Origin or Internationals. You know, yeah. you probably say 10 out of 13 guys have played in that, in that, in that yeah. sort of game. So, how comfortable are you feeling now as a, as a young guy coming to that system? You go, All I have to do is do my job. And, Correct. So, you look at Sam Verrills, for example. He comes straight into the, to the team. You know, he supersedes Radley when everyone says Radley should go to the nine. Actually, no, that's not true. I think he was at nine and then we said we need to get him out of the nine. So then they end up yeah, bringing him Verils. Yeah, we need to back him off. But, but then he comes into nine, right? He comes into the squad that we have and everyone says, oh, he's perfect. Perfect fit. Just, you know, smooth sailing. But then you go to Corey Pax and now they need to go get another hooker for him. You know what I mean? They need to get someone to fill in a bit of minutes because he probably can't play the 80. But if he had... He's more of a halfback too, to be fair. Okay, yes, fair enough. Like, but I don't even know a position. But Correct. The point being is if he had, you know, a Gordon Tallis and he had a Shane Webke there or a Petro Sivinaceva, you know, maybe two of those guys in his pack. And then he had Darren Lockyer at six. It's a lot easier to go into that team than it is to go into a team with Milford's out of form. They have a Brody Koff who got... Who got brushed by the storm? Let's be honest. They got Pat Carrigan, who's played under fucking twenty games as their captain. And I'm not knocking these guys. I'm not knocking these guys at all. But when you go go when you come in and you got to play hooker, it's a lot different to when you used to come in and maybe Petro Sivinaceva, Brad Thorne, and Darren Lockyer. Yeah, completely different. So yeah, I just I think their biggest problem there is the inexperience. They just need to. They just need to improve in in small areas. You know, they, and look. It's going to take them another fifty they're games, they're mate. Probably not playing finals footy this year. Let's be honest. But who fucking knows? Who fucking knows? Yeah. Fafita could come back, and like they can just Fafita. From having Fafita. Yeah. Fafita comes through, and then they just go, "Oh, bang! We got Fafita and Payne Hustle. We're rolling." Well, do you think so that Fafita could play in the middle? They just need to be. They need to win. Do you think he could play in the middle? Or was Payne Huss enough in the middle and they can have... Because I don't think Pungai Jr. is uh, an 80-minute player. So that's why I wouldn't put him on the edge. Because if you're rotating your edge every week, like you might rotate him once every so often. But those yeah. 11 and 12, they've got to play 80 minutes. Yeah. they just got to play 80 minutes. Well, and for, yeah, and Pungai Jr. Yeah. can't do it. Pardon? Yeah, but... And I think they like just having a weapon, you know, 
over yeah. with just give me a little wider and you can run at more halfbacks. But I mean, nice yeah. they don't need him in the middle either because Payne Haas does enough of that, you know, explosiveness through the middle. He's the he is the X factor in the middle. And Carrigan, that's why I was that's why I said should he be the thirteen? Because if you look at the trend of the thirteens, that's where the X factor's coming from. That's the only reason why I suggest it, but he is definitely a front rower. Um, but Carrigan, you know, Carrigan's just up and down. At best, he's like fucking picking up scraps at the absolute best. Well, they've, got, they've gone, they've hit the bottom of the barrel now and they're playing the Warriors this week. So if they don't win this game, like... Yeah. You know, yeah. And just speaking on the Warriors, what about Todd Payne at the press conference? Hasn't he got nothing to fucking lose? Just ripped yeah. into them. It's unacceptable. Yeah. And it's like, what's he got to lose? What what, yeah. what do you got to do? You got you going to go home? We're at, but he's also, he's, we're at the bottom of where he is, but that doesn't mean we can play shit like that. <laughs> but when he's calling people out not putting their body on the line, wow. That's the, like that's a big call if Chris O'Connell told it to us, if Tippy said that to us, yeah. and under 15s. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we're not even getting yeah. paid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, no, for sure. Yeah. Well, we'll see. That's a Saturday afternoon game, I think. Broncos and... That could be a match in focus. Anyway. Anything else you want to chat about? No, look, mate, that's, I think that just about wraps it up, mate. I'm, you know, I'm just excited for another week. What do we got the, the Cavs game next week? Um, Cavs game next week, that's right, that's right. After, after this round, very key round. Um, and it looks like it could be a few more fighting out for that eight spot, potentially throughout the year, so. Yeah, well... Anyway, I'm looking forward to the Cavs game next week. Anyway, good chat to you as always. I'll catch you later. Peace out. Up the chooks.